joining in. I'm going to talk about Dr. Bruce Lipton, PhD. I've done a podcast about him in the past. So this guy is fascinating. He's invested his lifetime in, in studying biology, stem cells, um, atoms, human atomical structure, um, how belief actually affects the cellular structures and biology of your body. So today we're going to talk about how positivity heals and negativity kills, how you are in control of your genetics. Your genetics are not in control of you. So let's start out here with Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's a lifetime cell biologist, a leading pioneer in epigenetics, a best-selling author, and he teaches at a medical school while he also is doing his research on stem cells at the moment. These are the notes I recently took down listening to an interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton to share with you. Just to give people an understanding about stem cells, a human body is actually made out of 50 trillion cells. The cells are a living entity. So the cells are who we are. And every day out of the 50 trillion, we lose hundreds of billions of cells. Just natural cells dying out, skin scoffing off. Even the entire lining of the digestive tract is replaced every three days. Nearly a trillion cells. You're losing these cells, but you replace them. The question is, where do the new cells come from? And the answer is stem cells. What are stem cells? The moment you were born, he does a biopsy on fetal tissue like an umbilical cord. There are stem cells. A stem cell is an embryonic cell. It's multi-plural, multi-potential, so it can change into any cell. And so your body is filled with stem cells to replace the hundreds of billions of cells every day. We are cloning them. That means one stem cell put in a dish all by itself divided, divides itself every 10 to 12 hours. First, it's one cell. Then it's two. Then it's four, eight. Then it's doubling. Then it's doubling. Then it's doubling some more. After a week, that one cell has turned into 30,000 cells in a Petri dish. What's important so far is that all 30,000 cells are genetically identical from one parent cell. 30,000 genetically identical cells. Then we go to the three dishes with genetically identical cells, but the culture medium is chemically different in each of the three dishes. So there are three different environments. In one dish, the stem cells are from a muscle. In the second dish, they're genetically identical stem cells from a bone. In a third dish, genetically identical stem cells are from fat cells. The question is what controls whether it's a bone, muscle, or fat. It's not your genetics. Big point. Because they all have the same genes. It's the environment. Why is that relevant? Because we talk about genetic determinism. Genes controlling things, and you don't have control of the genes. That's genetic determinism. Well, the new science revealed, no. The environment was controlling the gene. What's relevant is you can change the environment. You can change the environment of the cells and change their genetics. And that makes you not a victim, but a master over genetics. You may say this is only cells in a Petri dish. What the heck's it got to do with me? Here's the beautiful connection. We're not one entity. We're a community of 50 trillion cells. So 
So essentially, we are a skin-covered Petri dish. And inside of that skin is 50 trillion cells. We have culture medium. The original culture medium is your blood. If you're growing cells in a plastic dish and make a culture medium, your base, the composition on that blood of the organism, you get the cells from. Human cells, you get human blood composition and synthesize that in the lab. If it's a mouse, you get their cells. You look at the mouse blood and try and grow those. So anyways, we are a skin-covered Petri dish with the culture medium being the blood, meaning the same thing happens in your body as occurs in the plastic dish. What controls the chemical composition of the culture medium, your blood, in the lab? You make it. You synthesize it in your body. But who synthesizes the blood? The brain is the chemist behind this. What chemicals should the brain release into the blood, you may ask? Whatever picture you have in your mind, whatever belief you have, the brain will take that picture and break it down into chemistry. So feelings, emotions, observations, visualizations, etc. are causing release of different chemicals into your bloodstream. So the culture medium called blood in your body has chemistry, but the chemistry is a complement to the images that are in your mind. If you have a healthy image in your mind, then of course you have a healthy chemistry in your body. But if you have a negative image in your mind, then you create chemistry that is negative and disempowers you and breaks your body down and creates disease. Your thoughts change into chemistry, which controls your genetics. The biggest example that everybody's familiar with is called the placebo effect. Yes, the placebo effect. Have you heard of it? If a person is not well, a doctor says, here's a drug. It's the hottest new drug. It'll cure you. And so you believe it. You take the drug. You get better. And then later you find out it was a sugar pill. Well, then what the hell healed you? The true answer is simply your belief in that sugar pill. It was just the perception, your belief. Why is it relevant? Because the same healing quality occurs whether you take the drug or whether you don't take the drug. You can heal yourself. If you have the right picture in your head, the belief is where it's at. You don't have the right picture. You try to compensate with taking pharmaceutical drugs or having a surgery you may not need. You understand? There are some very important drugs out there. Yes, that's besides the point. There are some. I'm not saying all drugs are unimportant. That's not what Mr. Bruce Lipton here is saying. They do amazing things. But the mass of drugs prescribed out in this world are very disruptive to this chemistry of your body. And it's not necessary. Because you are the one that controls the chemistry in your body. You probably don't need this drug. This is why it becomes so important for you and all people to recognize if you are not well, you are the one that can fix it. You don't automatically need to go see somebody else. That is the power of your biology, that you are controlling this biology. Wim Hof, I have done a podcast on this man. He is what some people would consider superhuman. He controls his autonomic nervous system. He controls his immune system. He controls heating and cooling his body just by thinking about it at a whim. How the hell does he do that? Is he just one in a million? He exemplifies... This by subjecting himself to scientific studies all the time. He's done studies 
where they inject him with uh, bacterial infections and he has no effect where everybody else will get sick. And not only has he done this, he's taught other people how to do it. So he is not an anomaly. It's the power of his mind. That is one amazing case, just talking about Wim Hof. But there are thousands of placebo healing effects in medical literature that are quietly squashed because it doesn't profit big corporations and governing bodies, the media, in talking about science. A science that's hidden. The placebo effect. We know about it, but we don't really know about it. And the media mixes up these two words, correlation, correlation excuse me, and causation. They use these words interchangeably, and you can't. You hear a gene causes cancer. No, a gene is correlated with cancer, but it does not cause cancer. So take that out of your vocabulary and belief system, because we've heard of all these people that do things, operations, certain procedures, because they have a cancer gene. We have to get out of the belief that genes are making decisions and genes are controlling our lives. This is why the new science of epigenetics is a revolution that will change the planet. It is as much a revolution as when Newtonian physics went into quantum physics and the world changed. Most people out there believe, oh, my cancer is caused by genes. My diabetes, it's caused by genes. Whatever it is, it's caused by genetics. That's your belief. But the fact is, this genes do not cause anything genes are not capable of turning themselves on and off genes have no self-actualization meaning genes don't make decisions genes are blueprints to build or assemble why is that relevant because when you're building the body the contractor calls up the blueprints the blueprints don't call themselves up then they go to the contractor which is the mind the brain the nervous system, and this reads the world and then adjusts the body to deal with the observation of the world before contacting the blueprints. Epigenetics is the new science. Remember, genetic control by genes. You remember, genetic control is control by genes. That's the old science. It's been disproven. Epigenetic control sounds the same, but epi means above. So when I say epigenetic control, I am saying control above the genes. Epigenetics control the genes. Genes never control anything. Genes are just the blueprints. Epigenetics means the environment. I want to emphasize this. The environment and our perception of the environment is what controls our genetics. Why is it relevant? Because we can alter the environment and we can change our perception, meaning then the genes are very much under our control. We're not under the control of the genes. Here's an important data fact. Less than 1% of disease is controlled by genetics. 99% of disease didn't come from your genetics. It came from chronic thoughts, negative thoughts, lifestyle factors, and environmental factors. That's why epigenetics is the controlling factor. If you're sick, it's a reflection of something that's not in harmony between these factors. You may say, for example, if cancer is the problem, then if I take the cancer cells out, fine, I'm healed. No, the cancer is a symptom of a problem. It's a reflection. 
And the point is you take the cancer cells out, but if you don't fix the problem, the cancer is going to come back again in the South of America. There are fundamentalist religious people that work themselves into a religious ecstasy. They start speaking in tongues and doing all sorts of weird shit that most people are not familiar with. I know about it because I am from the South in America. I live in Texas. So I know what Lipton's talking about. Some of these people have snake handlers and they handle poisonous snakes. Interestingly enough, about three or four months ago, one of them died from a snake bite. But most of the time, this is the majority. If somebody gets a bite, it's not even a problem. They get bitten by a poisonous snake, and that's called testifying. What is testifying to these people? In their system of belief, they say that God is so powerful and they believe in God so much with their faith, they will do something no normal person in their right mind would ever do, like pick up a rattlesnake and play with it simply because they know God protects them. So this is the point. It is the power of belief. It's like, if you understand this, it'll blow your mind what's possible. It all goes back to the placebo effect. It's all the same thing. Their belief system is so strong, they can actually block the influence of snake poison on their body. We can all do this with the right mindset is the point. It is like walking across hot coals or many other things that represent the placebo effect. The power of your own beliefs. The mind is much more than we give it credit for. Walking across hot coals happens regularly at a motivational workshop. I'm sure you all are familiar with who runs this. If you're not, I'll just say it, Tony Robbins. Everyone gets hyped up. They go for it. The majority, they make it across. But some get halfway and doubt sets in. Boom they end up getting their feet burnt. So there you go. Why are so many people getting across with no problem and then the people that are doubters end up having burns on their feet? It happens. If you look at the research, you'll see about, on average, placebos being about 50% effective in clinical trials. It's a fake treatment. It's a fake surgery. It's a fake drug. And somebody gets a healing response because they have such powerful belief in the fact that this is going to cure them. What's interesting is that the cells in our body have antennas on their surface to receive environmental signals, just like a television antenna, but they're made out of proteins. No two people have the same antennas. This is why we can't trade body parts and cells with each other. Because these antennas are receiving a broadcast of coordination and 50 trillion cells are on the same station listening to the same broadcast and behaving in accordance. An example, if you have to run because of a tiger, then 50 trillion cells are like, okay, we're in, in run mode right now to save our fucking life. There's a group of them called self-receptors that are tuned to your broadcast from your brain. When the brain makes an image, 50 trillion cells are like, well, we're at home right now. Let's turn on Netflix or something and let's watch a movie. That's 50 trillion cells that are watching what you're watching on that TV screen. 50 trillion cells are in harmony. Why? Because the community is all held together by your nervous system. You have been scared, jumped, cried, or maybe excited from watching something 
on the TV screen or on the movie screen. And you experienced it physically because of this connection to all of your cells. Even though a cell is an individual cell and it has its own job, a cell has a job like all of us have jobs. A heart cell is a pumping cell. A liver cell is a filtering cell. A blood cell is a transport cell, whatever. Although all cells have different jobs, they're still listening to the same station. And that's how a thought can affect 50 trillion cells simultaneously because the cells are listening to these thoughts. So the relevance is. Your mind is coordinating 50 trillion cells to the broadcast. It's interesting when a person receives a heart transplant or some other organ into a body. You have to stop or inhibit the immune system or there's going to be problems for the recipient. The immune system will say when the cells come in, it has got different antennas. It is not us. They're marching to a different beat. So... If you're going to transplant an organ, you have to shut down the immune system. But then now you have a heart from person A to person B. When person B has that heart, the antennas on the heart are still tuned in to the identity of the person A. That consequence is of spiritual nature. The consequence that we are more than just this body. Yes, we are. And to give the example of this, if we take cells out of your body and we move them 40 miles away and I have an electro readout, a galvan, galvanometer, I believe is how you pronounce it, galva, galvanometer response, whatever it is that does this electronic readout, to read the electro, electrical activity of your cells and we pipe it into the room right next to you, where you're at, on the screen right next to you, We could see the electrical activity of these cells 40 miles away doing exactly what you're doing. They're picking up the same signals. This actually has been done in a scientific study. If you can elicit an emotional response in you and the cells 40 miles away instantaneously, it activates the same electrical activity. Then, I mean, how does that happen? The answer is because. They have the antennas to your identity. And whether you're physically here or your identity is more of a broadcast that's part of your spirit and your mind and it's going out into the universal field, I mean, wherever your cells are, if they're 40 miles away, they're still going to respond to your broadcast wherever you are at this moment. That's the point. So when the heart is transplanted, back to that, it picks up the characteristics of the person who is the owner of that heart, who still has that broadcast. Why is this relevant? There's a whole book of stories about individuals with the heart transplant thing that's happened, how their lives have changed because of this. One story of a young girl who received a heart, obviously the young girl is dead. And so she gets the heart from that girl. And once it's implanted and starts working, she has nightmares every night of being murdered. The same murder, the same scene every night. So the doctor traces back and finds out, yes, the girl who donated the heart was murdered. So the police want to talk to her, the heart recipient. And she describes the nightmare vividly, where she was, how the killer looked, 
And with that description, the police end up apprehending the murderer. There are other stories. A woman who was a complete vegetarian health freak gets a heart and immediately has cravings for chicken McNuggets and beer. The reality was tracing it back, finding out the person who donated the heart. This was their favorite food. All of a sudden, they transplanted the heart, and now she loves chicken nuggets and beer. It's like, where the hell does this come from? How could it happen? Everyone should know it takes time for the educational books to change. People right now are learning bad science in university settings. Most people are taught that the brain of the cell was the nucleus. This is not actually accurate. The reason why the nucleus was selected as the brain of the cell is the nucleus is where the genetics are. At least 98% of the genetics of the body are in the nucleus of the atom. The nucleus cell isn't the brain of the cell. The nucleus is the gonad. It's the nuts. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. It controls reproduction of cells. You can take the nucleus out of a cell and it will not die. The cell doesn't lose control. So where's the information that is coming into the cell and controlling the cell? It is the cell membrane. That little layer on the outside. Looking at how the membrane influenced the control of the information in the cell, it redefined the membrane. It is a liquid crystal semiconductor with gates and channels, like a computer chip is a crystal semiconductor with gates and channels. Wow, that's pretty interesting, huh? It's got the same definition, membrane, like a computer chip. The cell membrane is an information processor. It is a computer chip, a carbon-based computer chip. So, it's not silicone-based, it's carbon-based. Signals from the environment are picked up by the membrane, translated into biology and the signal is then sent into the cells and that signal controls the behavior of the genetics the membrane is the chip the nucleus is the disc which programs it's a hard drive it's got programs in it but what is the coolest part it's not read only like a computer chip it's read and write that's where epigenetics came in the environment can change the reading of your genetics So how many genes you have, 20,000 genes, you can make over 3,000 variations of proteins, which that's what a gene does. It's a blueprint to make a protein. For every blueprint, every gene can have, you make 3,000 or more variations based on the environment. You can rewrite your genetics on a moment-by-moment basis on how you're dealing with the environment. It went from genes controlling biology, the old science, through the action of genes, to no. The membrane controls the biology through the action of the environment that the genes are writable and you can change them. You can have a mutant gene and make it a normal gene. But in the case of disease, you can have a normal gene and make it a mutant gene. You can make a cancer out of a normal cell. It's just how you respond to the world. My identity or PIN number that is taking, I'm sorry, that is talking to these 50 trillion cells inside is the broadcast. 
the broadcast is my beliefs, observations from the outside world, what my mind thinks about them. And then my body is like a television set. 50 trillion cells with antennas tuned into my broadcast. So I'm looking at the body here. There's a television set. It's playing my show, The J Show, right now. And you are playing The Janie Show or Tom Show or whoever the fuck you are. Why? Because your broadcast from the environment is who you are. It's your identity. And that's why when you transplant a heart from A to person B, person A broadcast is still in the heart, even if they're dead. Why? The broadcast is like a television set. You're watching a TV. The TV breaks. You say the TV's dead. I go, yeah, it's not working. But there's a broadcast that's still out there in the universe. You get a new TV, you plug it in, you tune it in to the correct station, of course. And guess what? It's back online. You picked it up. Where the hell is all the world's disease coming from? Let's talk about that. It's coming from stress. What is stress? Stress is anything that gets in your way. It's in the way of your destination. You want to have this or you want to do that. You want to go there. Whatever emotionally distresses you that is provoking you, that is a stress. Why is it relevant? Because stress is the cause of disease for 90% of people. Again, it's not genetic. That's most everyone's perception. That's 1%. I am stressed because I believe I am stressed in the mind. So therefore, my cells are going to respond to my stress. And whether it's real or not, the cells can't see it. They perform based on what I believe. So stress interferes with many biological systems. Three fundamental things happen when you're in stress or because we're being threatened. Stress hormones function is to provide as much blood to the arms and legs as I can get because I need all that energy to run away from a tiger, for example. Do you think it's good to invest in taking care of your body at this point? No, that's a waste of time. If the tiger catches you, to hell with your body. It's not going to survive anyway. It's going to devour you. It's going to eat you. You know, there's no point. Listen, you can support this podcast for as low as a dollar a month. That's like less than a cup of coffee, a damn stamp. It's a dollar a month. It's nothing. And if you're enjoying it, it would greatly help me out keeping this thing going. You can donate up to $10 a month. Now, if you'll look below where you clicked on this podcast, there's a support link. Click on that, and you can go there and make any donation you choose, and you can cancel it any time. There is no hassle. If you do it, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you can't afford it, I understand. I'll still keep putting out great free information, so you can look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. So, here is number one. When stress is perceived, stress hormones are released into the body, causing the blood vessels in the organs, including your brain, to restrict. Why? Because when they squeeze shut, the blood is pushed to the outside arms and legs. 
The net consequence shut down the blood vessels and the organs and the maintenance and health of your body. But for how long? Well, how long it takes to get away from that tiger, right? 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You're away from the tiger and stress is gone. Everything comes back in condition again. People can experience this when they have a stress moment. They call it maybe butterflies in their stomach. They feel queasy. It's the blood vessel squeezing shut. You can feel it and it's fluttering. Okay, that's an example. Let's go to number two. Your immune system uses tremendous amounts of energy. Most people, when they get really sick, can lack the energy to get out of bed. Let's say you have a bacterial infection and a tiger's chasing you now. How should you split up the energy? Again, if the tiger catches you, the infection doesn't mean anything anymore. Stress hormones shut off the immune system to conserve energy, to run away from the tiger. Medical doctors use stress hormones therapeutically. If they want to transplant an organ from person A to person B, like we talked about earlier, the immune system of the recipient's going to say that's foreign and try and destroy it. Well, what good is the operation if someone else's immune system destroys it? This is why doctors give patients that are receiving a transplant stress hormones. The recipient's immune system will shut down for a period of time and the transplant will work. This is needed for such a procedure. Ultimately, you can't live with an immune system that's shut down. We compromise growth and health when we shut down the immune system. So stress can have a huge impact on this very necessary system. Now for number three. The forebrain is the conscious part of your brain that's creative and thinking. The hindbrain, the back portion, is subconscious. Reflex and reaction. Habits. Again, if you're being chased by a tiger, do you want to have consciousness running the show or do you want to have a reflex reaction the thinking part of the brain is too slow another example say you're in a car spinning out of control if you stay in the conscious thinking mind when the car is going out of control you're in trouble the moment the car goes out of control stress hormones shut off the forebrain the front portion and push blood into the hindbrain rear brain where reflexes take over immediately we become less intelligent when we're under stress. Historically, the stress response was to be used for a short period of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You escape this tiger that's after you. No more stress. But what about our lives today where it's 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, filled with too much stress? Maybe not as much, not as high of stress, but it's constantly there. Our system is not designed for it. This excess stress is responsible for up to 90% of disease on the planet, not genetics again. Why is it important? If you tell somebody genes cause their disease, it gives them room to say, well, I am not responsible. The genetics that I have did it. No, sorry. If you feel you're not responsible, you shut off your control. This is the whole point. We are in control. This brings us to the difference between growth and protection. A good stimulus provokes us to do something. You move to it like love or food or something you want. That's a stimulus we move to. You go towards it open armed. You don't want to close yourself down. I want to assimilate it. 
But what if the stimulus is negative, a threat of any kind? You don't go to towards that stimulus. You will go away from the stimulus. And do you go away with your arms open? No, you close yourself down because of the need for protection. You can't move forwards and backwards at the same time. You can't be open and closed at the same time. If you're in a stress mode, you shut your system down and growth has shut down. And that's okay for a short period. But if it's chronic, you're killing yourself, essentially. Look at our world today. Every time you turn on a TV or a computer or you look at your phone or social media, be afraid. Be very afraid. Go hide in your house. There's killer viruses out there trying to kill you. Put on a mask. There's war in freaking Ukraine. It could turn nuclear. All this shit that's scary as hell. I am getting a steady stress hormone drip into my system every day. What is that doing to you? It is compromising your health. That's where a lot of disease comes from. Again, not from your genetics. You're shutting yourself down. Your immune system, yes. But you become less intelligent also. Then what do you do? You defer to higher authority. Who's the one that's going to protect me? Is it government? Is it my boss? Maybe my doctor, etc. Whatever they say, you're going to do it. Why? Because you're not critically thinking anymore because you're stressed out. You're just going to do what they say because they know best. I don't know what to do. In America, 40% of U.S. citizens have 2.7, almost three chronic diseases. 40% of people have almost three chronic diseases. 60% of Americans have one chronic disease. 60% of Americans have one chronic disease. Why is this relevant? They're compromised before any sickness ever even showed up. People are weakened because their immune system is under stress consistently. Everybody is now afraid of the very well-known virus running around worldwide. Healthy people are even afraid producing excessive stress. Governments and media propaganda have got everyone scared to death. This is compromising the regular systems of the body because stress hormones function has shut off your immune system. And the more people are scared, the worse the consequences of this virus that's running around. So is this a manipulation? You bet it is. Is there a way out of it? Yep. Stay healthy. Stay positive. Stay away from the news. Stay away from fear, anxiety, and negativity. I mean, they're your physical body's natural enemies. Okay. Pharmaceutical companies are out there to help themselves. They function to make money. If you don't take drugs, they don't make money. So what are they doing? They're pushing a situation where every American takes two, three, four, five drugs a day. They're drug pushers. Here's an interesting fact. How many people die from prescription drugs every year? The number is around 300,000. Well, how many people die from illegal drugs? 34,000. We have a war on illegal drugs, but legal prescribed drugs are killing 10 times as many people. 
So that's just the cost of medicine, I guess. No, are you kidding me? You have been manipulated to believe a system and then believe your belief controls your genetics and your belief controls your biology. And if you start with a negative belief that is pushed upon you and you fall for it, you only end up with a negative biology. That's the way it happens. Quantum physics is the most valid science on the planet. It's the one that's been tested the most and verified to be the most truthful more than any other science. What's the first principle of quantum physics? The mind is the creator of our life experiences. And it says your consciousness is creating your life. If you change your consciousness, you can change your life. You don't have to wait for life to change from the outside. It's you on the inside. We have been systematically disempowered. And if you're being disempowered, then where the hell is the power going? You have heard of the 1%, right? That's the they and them behind the curtain of industrial military, industrial corporations, and world politics. That 1%. They got all the money. You may now recognize many ways you are being disempowered and negatively influenced and controlled by the 1%. Money is power because money is the equivalent of an energy form. And energy is life. You have a lot of money, you can have a lot of life and control over it. If you have no money, you're barely getting by, then you're already compromised at this point. The simple reality is we have been systematically disempowered by belief systems that are no longer valid. Genetics, well, that science is not as valid as epigenetics. The difference, genetics makes you a victim. Epigenetics, you are then the master over things. So if you don't know epigenetics, You have lost your control over the input of your biology. You have bought into, oh my God, there's a cancer in my family and I'm going to get the cancer gene. And that's bullshit. There is no gene that causes cancer. There is not one gene that causes cancer. Seriously. Example, a woman will undergo a mutilation which they gently refer to as a double mastectomy. Don't mutilate yourself. You're cutting your body apart for what reason? Well, you found out you have breast cancer genetics. Okay, let me give you a little fact. 60% of the women with this supposed breast cancer gene never get breast cancer. That's very important for you to know. The possession of a gene itself doesn't cause cancer. It's a life not in harmony that engages this gene in your beliefs. This is how people can have a remission. Life's not working well. You're so stressed. You do no exercise. You eat a horrible processed food diet. It's shit. I got this cancer. But you say, I'm going to let go of all this stuff that's stressing me. I'm going to start eating a whole food diet. 
I'm getting out from now on into the sun a couple times a day and I'm going to take a walk, stimulating oxygen and blood flow and be out in nature. The cancer goes into remission. The problem with that conventional person is their thought process. I got cancer and it's because I got bad genes and my cells are bad. My cells are going to kill me. So if I kill the cells and I cut out the cancer, maybe I'm going to be okay. No, the cancer is a symptom of you not living in harmony and therefore cutting out the cancer. You're just going to get another cancer. It'll come back. You must change the stressors that are in your life. And they're multiple. And you must change your thoughts and beliefs. So the point is this. Did the genes cause the cancer? And the answer is absolutely not. There is no gene that causes cancer. There are genes that are correlated with cancer. In other words, it's a symptom. Cutting out the cancer cells, thinking you've healed everything, is the same as covering up the service engine light on your dashboard of your car when it shows up. If you cover up and you say, hey, everything's running good, you cover that little engine light or transmission light or whatever it is, you didn't fix anything. You're covering up the symptoms. This is where we have to go because every bit of this is disempowerment. To the individual by saying, you're frail, you're vulnerable, you're susceptible to all these things. It's your genetics. There's a biology of fear being put upon them. You give up your power when you say, who am I? I'm just another victim. No, you're not. You are the creator. 75 years or more, we've understood the nature of what is called the placebo effect. I talked about it earlier. It's a positive belief system. Yes, placebo effect equals positive belief. Negative belief, which no one talks about, is equally powerful to positive belief in affecting your life. But in the opposite direction, placebo can cure you of any illness on this planet. Nocebo, the negative belief, can cause any illness and even death if you believe you're going to die. You can die just from that belief. You probably notice this from doctors giving death sentences to people. You're going to die in six weeks. You're going to die in six months. You're going to die in a year and six months. And people seem to die exactly when the doctor predicted because they believe it. You must realize that negative belief has opened you up to manifest whatever you're afraid of. And that's a huge problem. Two thirds of all healing in the medicine is due to placebo effect not the action of the physician surgeon or the drug that's a fact of science people will heal themselves just because they believe whatever they're going to do is sure to work we must emphasize the power of positive belief and that your negative belief is actually a huge problem an interesting book about a woman who has three different medical identified personalities called Three Faces of Eve. Three Faces of Eve, if you want to check that book out. Her main personality has an anaphylactic response to strawberries. That's a hypersensitive 
or allergic reaction, which causes all kinds of problems. It kills some people. It was found out when she switched to a different personality, she was no longer allergic to strawberries. Wow, right? It's the same person. But when she switched back to her original personality, she was then again allergic. So how could you be allergic and then change your psychology for a second and then five minutes later, you're not allergic? Then switch your personality. Five minutes later, you're back to allergic. The answer is the mind is the ultimate control of your biology. So powerful, your mind. Quantum physics, day one, Max Planck. The mind is the matrix of all matter. Interesting self-reflecting questions you should ask yourself about problematic beliefs. Where? Do your thoughts go and who is guiding you on those thoughts? Who is teaching you on that thought? Who is making money by teaching you a thought? A pharmaceutical company? A government? A large corporation? Many of them methodically influence your thought systematically developed psychologically studied systems to insert and develop beliefs in a person and make them totally unaware of that fact. You believe in free will and you developed your own thoughts on things, right? So question where your beliefs come from, if they benefit you. Do you truly agree with them? The mission statement of science. Year 1650, Francis Bacon. To obtain knowledge, to dominate and control nature. The human life is facing its own extinction by its own behavior. We've undermined the web of life because we want to dominate and control nature. In every country around the world, chaos is going on. Socially, politically, economically, racially, religiously. All kinds of upheavals. Empowerment of the rich and strong over the weak and the vulnerable. Not just people, but nature. Nature is also showing us this, and we're just ignoring it. The beliefs that we have are creating these situations. Quantum physics says that your consciousness is creating your life experience and your epigenetics is your consciousness controlling your genetics. Both of them saying the same thing. I don't need to change my genetics. I need to change my consciousness. Life is so beautiful. Life is so wonderful. And you don't get here by accident. Consciousness is controlling this. And if you give up your power of consciousness and buy into some kind of limitation placed upon you, you have just shortened or limited your ability to create the life you want. PhD, Dr. Bruce Lipton. 
positive heals negative kills. So believe me, folks, when I say this, that was a very nerdy conversation with lots of scientific facts, and I hope I presented it well to you. You need to understand how powerful your brain is at producing the life that you want. You're literally killing yourself with negative beliefs that you take in from outside sources or that you have imposed upon your own self, or you're healing yourself with positivity. Your life is better because of positivity. It can change your biology, positivity. It can do so much for you. So be very, very aware of all this scientific fact that Dr. Bruce Lipton has proved in his own studies in scientific labs or other studies that he has correlated and looked into or proved by duplicating them. Positivity, your mindset, has control over your actual biology. It's a proven fact. It's been around for over 70 years, over 75 years, pardon me, with the placebo effect. Now that you know that this is truth and that I've shared it with you, put it to use in your life, please. Positive thoughts and feelings into your biology to change your life. And that's it for this one. So if you enjoyed it, please do rate and review the podcast on whatever station you're on. Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor. I don't know. There's so many of them. If they have the ability for you to rate and review, that'll move me up in the rankings. That'll make more people recognize the podcast. That'll help me out. So I'd appreciate it. Then I always like to remind you, you can support the podcast. Just look down below wherever you are playing this podcast from in the description And there's a support link. And if you like the podcast, just getting it for free, I'm fine with that too. I'm just glad you're showing up. So keep on coming. Share it with your family, friends, coworkers. And I will catch you on the next episode of Keeping It Real. This is Jay signing out. Take care, folks. Much love. Later. Do not consider these episodes as medical advice or expertise in any area. I do deconstruct some experts in their material and deliver it to you, but please do all of this at your own risk.